From Orms, this is Orms Air, where we unpack and investigate the compelling questions at the forefront of our creative community's consciousness. Joined by the artists, photographers, and creators brave enough to step up to the mic and join us in discussion. and welcome to Orms Air, the Orms podcast. Today in our digital studio, we are being joined by documentary and travel photographer Paul Choi. He is a Fujifilm global brand ambassador and part of their ex-photographer program. Paul very kindly joined us from his living room and digitally him and I had a chat about his introduction to the world of photography and his approach to documenting other stories and sharing, visually sharing our history and um, breaking down the barriers between the idea of us and them. I really hope you guys enjoy this, um, this conversation and stick around. There may be a chance later on in the episode for you to win yourself an incredible pair of binoculars but more on that in a bit. I hope you enjoy the conversation. I'm just going to, can I just dive in and just start firing questions mm-hmm. at you? Yeah, yeah cool. Um, so, yeah, sure. Paul, you are a documentary and travel photographer. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a tricky one because um, I, feel, I feel like we have this need to define um, what it is we do. Yeah. Um, and I found that, that travel and documentary photographer kind of fits most of the boxes of what mm-hmm. I do. Um, but I think it's it's always more nuanced than that. Yeah. Um, to to me, you know, I'm I'm um, capturing the photographs which appeal to me, um, and that those happen to be more of a documentary travel style. Yeah. Um, and and so I I, I use that. Um, I, I would much prefer to simply call myself a photographer. Okay. Um, but of course, I think I think that's too. Um, I, I think the reality is um, that's too broad a term, and people like to have a clearer idea about yeah. what what it is your that your work does. So yes, I'm a, 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 a travel and documentary photographer. When were you? Well, what was your first introduction to um, the art form of photography? Oh gosh, um, you know the, the the thing is, I can't I can't remember when I first became interested in photography. Mm-hmm. Um, I do remember I've always been a sucker for history. Um, okay, yeah. And even as a as a child, I used to soak up the historical reenactments on on the kids' TV programs. Yeah. Um, I would love all of the period dramas and all that sort of thing. And I and I do remember as a child, I would always look at old photographs, old historical photographs. Um and and they would always appeal to me. Uh, you know, photographs like, you know, famous photographs like um the lunch atop a skyscraper from the mm-hmm. you know when the guys were sitting on top of the Rockefeller building was being made in the 1930s I would look at photographs like that for hours and hours and hours um, and I used to I used to like studying the features of the people and yeah. um, and imagining what their lives were like because you know it, it, it's it's interesting you can see very very clearly the the um, people in, in engaged in everyday activities at the time and fascinating yeah. is we could be looking at that a hundred years later um, and so it's, it was this history, which which was something that, that appealed to me. And the photographs were just a way of, of kind of time traveling to those periods. Mm. Um, and so so I was always interested in um, in those 
old photographs. When when that translated into to uh, being interested in photography, mm. I'm not entirely sure. I think it's something that was just always there. Yeah. Um, but but it wasn't it wasn't something that I was able to capitalise because it, um, in actual fact I. Um, I came into photography in a very in a very roundabout way. I mm-hmm. actually um, was very involved in the corporate world in the UK for a long time. I spent twenty years working in an office. Oh wow! Um, the most creative thing that I did was uh, was um, f- conditional formatting in Excel spreadsheets. That, oh wow! I was very creative in <laughs> yeah. Excel spreadsheets, <laughs> and so and so photography was was absolutely not on the the horizon. Mm. Um, and it was only after um, I left the UK. Um, where I'm originally from, and moved to Mauritius, where I'm now based. Yeah. Um, that I, I I kind of went through a process of thinking, okay, well, what am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. Um, and leaving behind the corporate world, um, which wasn't it, there wasn't a eureka moment that made me leave Europe. It wasn't like one day I just said that's it. I think it's something that comes over a period of time. Yeah. That, that you think, okay, you're looking for for something to change in your life and. And I originally came to, to Mauritius just for a kind of six-month sabbatical mm-hmm. and ended up staying, and 10 years later, I'm still here. And, and I, I, I thought, okay, well, maybe I'm going to write a book. I like the idea of writing, mm-hmm. and I thought I'll write a book. And, and, um, and thinking about what I was going to write about, I thought, well, I'll write about business because that's what I've been involved with for more than 20 years. That's yeah. what I know. Um, and, and the way I figure it, the world was short of books on business. Turns out the world has quite a lot of books on business. Um, and, but nevertheless, I wrote this book. Yeah. Um, and, and it was a perfectly good book. Um, but of course, it turns out that the writing is the easy part. Then you go through the editing phase. Then you yeah. go through all the copy um, writing phases. Um, and that's what takes the time. And during that time, I was kind of um, moseying around mm-hmm. um, on this new island that I'd moved to. And I thought, well, let me go and explore it a bit. Um, and, and so I did. I literally got in, in, you know, I'd get in the car, go to a different part of the island and just go and, and walk the streets exploring, see what I could find. Um, I'd come across people, I'd chat to them. Yeah. But it's, it's a little bit odd just walking up to strangers on the street and just starting to talk to them. So I, I started taking a camera with me as a way of, of you know, documenting the, the, the people I met and, and, and the stories they told me yeah. and also gave me an excuse to be talking to them. Um, and I remember I started a social, some social media accounts and website, et cetera, for my writing. And it had Paul Choi writer, yeah. you know, on, on Facebook when it says what, what um, to describe your, what you do. And I'd put writer. Um, and I started posting some of the photographs I was taking while I was waiting for my book to be edited. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you'd, I'd, I'd get, I'd post it and three people would like them. And one of those was my mother. So that doesn't really count. <laughs> um, but then you find that, 30 people are liking them mm-hmm. and 300 people are liking them. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I'd always write a little story that went with it yeah. and it would build and build and build. And, and it's when I started to get in stage, that I realized that 20 or 30,000 people were starting to like these, these photographs. So I, I came to a sudden conclusion that actually people kind of liked my photographs, yeah. maybe more than my book on business. Um, and, um, and so I had one of those moments a bit like, I guess the, 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 the kids when they, change their state their relationship status to to um in a relationship to it's complicated <laughs> i had yeah. the same kind of moment when i had to change my my facebook um category from writer to photographer um and and so i very much became a photographer by accident simply yeah. by going out with my camera and taking photographs it, it wasn't something that was planned um and 
you know, it's just something that, that, that developed. And before I knew it, people were saying, well, look, would you take photographs for me? Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say, yeah, sure. And then they started saying, well, will you get on an aeroplane and go somewhere to take photographs of me? And I said, well, yes, sure. Um, and before I knew it, I was a travel and documentary photographer. So I think, I think my interest in photography mm. came from my, um, my interest in that connection with our past. Yeah. For, for me, it's, it's very much a legacy issue. I think 100 years from now, 200 years from now, what will people remember me for? Mm-hmm. I know it sounds cliche, but are they going to remember me for the standard of my conditional formatting in Excel? Or will they remember me for a photograph that mm. maybe somebody discovers 200 years from now and it transports them to a moment in time yeah. now? the same way as when we look at those historical photographs from, say, the Rockefeller Centre in the 1930s, that yeah. we can transport to that moment. Um, and so, so it, it's very much borne out that desire um, to, to share moments of our, our current time. But yeah. I feel like it was a process that happened over time and pinpointing exactly when mm. and how I became interested. I'm not sure I can. I think it's something that was always there. I just didn't realise it. Yeah. And did you... Um... That from that first time that you picked up a camera, I mean, I'm assuming that you you sort of had some sort of a technical knowledge of how the camera worked and how you would use it to make your images that you were planning on making when you when you first started going out. Absolutely um, none. None. Absolutely no information whatsoever. I picked up I picked up a camera. Yeah. Um, and, and 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 I went straight into it thinking that I was going to be Cartier Bresson from the from day one, um, <laughs> and. And, and it, tur- it, 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 it turned out that, that I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Yeah. So, so I, I did like most people did. And I, I bought myself a camera and I went out taking photographs and I looked at it. I looked at those photographs and you know what? They, they were awful. Um, and so I realized the problem. The problem yeah. was I didn't have enough gear. So I went out and I bought more gear. Oh, of course. And I yeah. took more photographs. Yeah. And they were still awful. <laughs> and then I bought more gear. And it was still awful. And then there's that awful moment when you realise it's not the gear, it's you. Yeah. You're awful. <laughs> and, and, and so that's when, that's when I thought, okay, let me stop. Let me go and actually, um, let me go and ha- study this a little bit. Mm. And the thing is, I, I hear people saying, you know, the, the thing is, uh, there's a lot of talk about, um, you know, the fact how hard it is to be a photographer these mm-hmm. days in the modern age when everybody's a photographer, everybody's got a camera in their pocket on their, mm-hmm. their smartphones um, and, and ha- how it's so hard to be a photographer. I, I can't disagree more. I think this is the best for the best time ever to be yeah. a photographer um, because there's more opportunities now than ever. Exactly. Um, there's more mat- material. You know, we've got so many online resources. Mm-hmm. We've got so, access to so much information. Um, so it's absolutely, it's fabulous to go to, to college or university and study this. Um, but if that's not for you, You've got so much material at your fingertips yeah. online with other photographers, with other people you can connect with. I can honestly say that I've, I've got no shame. I've got absolutely no shame. So, so whether that means walking up to a complete stranger mm-hmm. in, in Rio um, or Havana or somebody and asking somewhere and asking them to take their photograph, or whether that's walking up to getting in touch with a photographer I admire and yeah. saying, um, could, could I maybe um, help out a little bit? Could I, could I, you know, maybe come along when you're shooting etc and so when I first got interested I was shameless I would speak to anybody who would spend any time with me yeah um, and I would try and learn from all of them um, and there, there was there was a 
one of the things that I think influenced me most was the time when I realised that I could learn from somebody even if I didn't particularly want to follow the same path that they did. Yeah. Um, so, so there's people that, that, would be, that would be doing a different sort of photography. Yeah. Um, and yet I would, learn, I would learn so much from them. And so in my early days, once I first picked up a, a, a camera mm-hmm. and I realised that actually um, there's no such thing as self-taught. I, I hear this a mm-hmm. lot. I, I see people see it writing on, their, on their, their bios. I'm a self-taught photographer. No, you weren't. <laughs> no. You learn from all sorts of different sources. Yeah. But the key thing, so, so we learn from all, from all over the place, but the key thing for me is, is just absorbing all of that information. Yeah. And that's something that very much that, that happened when I, got, I first got, and um, once, once I got going properly, um, I, I just became obsessed with learning everything yeah. I could. So I, w- I would use any resource from anywhere to try, to, to, to try and learn. And then over time, you take all that, that, those resources and you develop and, and you learn your craft. Yeah. It's a process. It, it took a while. It took a long time before I found um my own personality through mm. my photography um and you know it i think it's a mistake that, that people make is, is is we all make it and um, is you you find people that inspire you and yeah. you try and do as they do yeah and then there's that realization no let's let me learn from let me be inspired by them but let me follow my own path mm. and i think that's where where it, it it really started to get interesting for me is when i found that that um that path which um which suited me, you know, yeah. and I, I, I tried all sorts of things. I, I was, I honestly thought I'd be an underwater photographer. Um, I live by the ocean here in Mauritius. Yeah. Um, and I'm, um, I, I also teach scuba diving. It's something I've always, uh, I've always been involved in, in mm-hmm. scuba diving. So, so I'm a scuba instructor as well. And, and, um, and so it's a natural progression to, 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 um, to be an underwater photographer, yeah. but it's, but it was looking at the photographs that I realized that they were good photographs but they weren't they didn't inspire me the way yeah. i would say look at those photographs of the past and, and 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 be so inspired by them um and you know i've tried my hand at studio photography um and you know again i created photographs which which were good mm-hmm. but they they weren't inspiring me it's it was it's really where where i find my inspiration is when i'm um, where I'm happiest is when I'm in the absolute middle of nowhere in a, a location where I can't speak the language. Yeah. I don't know the cultural customs. Um, I've no idea where I am. And yet you will, that's where I'll always find the one interesting person with the most amazing story and capture that portrait, which, which will, which will stick with me personally. Yeah. Um, and, and, um, and that's, that's where, um, that's where I feel that I'm most at home. Mm. Um, and so, so it was a process developing, developing the style, developing, um, my own personality photography was, was a process and it, it's, it's not something that I particularly studied. I feel like it's something which evolved. Yeah. Um, but I would absorb information from everywhere I could. It's almost like that, um, that moment where you, you mentioned being inspired by others almost that moment where you take your inspiration and you stop imitating but you start improving on said inspiration exactly so yeah that's a yeah exactly and and you know and I, i've been um inspired by so by by so many photographers mm. but the thing is um i, I that, that's something I, I i find sometimes frustrating with some of the um some of the work i see online mm-hmm. I, i'll be inspired by by people but don't just copy yeah find um 
find your personality. That's exactly. where that's where you're going to to really find your motivation as a photographer or yeah. or an artist. I, I feel that's common to any artist. Mm. Um, we all, you know, if you think of singers or or, or musicians or things, we all um, they will always strive to have their own signature sound or mm-hmm. signature look for an artist. Or whatever. And and that's that's what I think we're all aspiring to 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 achieve. Yeah. Um. And uh, and certainly that's something which which um I feel that that's when I kind of felt like a photographer, for want yeah. of a better word, is is when um is is when I found that that kind of personality that I was looking at these photographs thinking these these are the photographs which would appeal to me. Yeah. And I think that's important. I think photographers should always we photographers we should be selfish. Mm. We should always shoot the things that interest us, even if we're shooting for clients. Yeah. It should be what interests us because we ha- we have to be true to to what's inside us. Um, some, a question I get asked quite a lot is mm-hmm. is how to find how do I find my personal style? Mm. Um, just yesterday I was asked how how did you find your personal style and how should I find mine? Yeah. Um, and and to me it's 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 a process. Um, one of the things that I advise people to do is. Just look at a lot of photographs, mm-hmm. lots and lots of photographs. And, and, and there's so many resources online or wherever else where you can do that. Look at the photograph and just make a snap decision. Do I like this photograph or not? Don't study it. Don't, don't get too in-depth. Just yeah. snap. Do I like it or not? But mark the ones that you like. And then afterwards, go back and look at them and say, what are the traits that I like about this? Mm. When, when I made a snap decision, what was it that, that about these that they have in common? Mm-hmm. As soon as you can work out those common traits, those common things that appeal to you, you know what your personal style is. Yeah. You know what you want to achieve. And, and if you're shooting to please yourself, then you've only ever got to stay true to yourself. Mm. Um, whereas if you're, try, if you're trying to shoot to, to please other people, you've got to be somebody else. Exactly. You, know, you get so many people that are chasing the likes. They, they, they see something that's, that appears popular on on social media mm. and so they just shoot that exclusively if you if you're trying to guess what people like that's futile you'll yeah. never find that shoot the things that you like and if people like it then great um but i i i think that's something which um which i've always aspired to do is is to shoot the photographs which um which i would put on my wall yeah um, that i would want to see in print um and um and then let the rest follow afterwards but it, it yeah that's a that's a really nice um organic way of looking at it actually i mean essentially you're creating images that speak to um the i don't want to say kid the young man who was so inspired and attached and had a journey through like a single image you know you were saying about earlier about your obsession with history and how that drew you yeah. into photography and and that's that's very much it. I mean, this this idea of legacy is, mm. is is an important one for me, and it is very cliche, but it is important. It's the reason why everything I shoot is for print. Yeah. Um. I um and and in, and when I'm going into a shoot, when I'm going into a location, I'm thinking, how will this appear on paper? Mm-hmm. Because that that's my assumption is the photograph I'm shooting will appear in paper, whether it's in the form of a book, or whether it's the form of of a print which is on on a wall. Now, of course, I use those photographs digitally. Um, but the first focus is in print yeah. because my my concern is although this is um, as I said this is one of the best times to be a photographer right now and there's so many photographs available to us we can consume so many photographs but I am concerned that this will also be the 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 next um, dark age as it were yeah. um, because 
we've got all of these photographs in digital form um, appearing on online. Um, but in in a hundred years time, in two hundred years time, will will society know what a JPEG was? Yeah. Um, will we will we still have the technology to view it? Probably, but maybe not. Mm. Um, you know, we we've all got every family has got a box of of old video cassettes in their in, in their storage somewhere, and mm. they haven't got a player to play it on. Nope. Um, and you know, there's all all those memories are stuck. Mm. Um, whereas a physical photograph can can be buried and found 200 years time and it's still a physical thing yeah. um, a book can can be lost at the back of an attic somewhere and still be found 100 years from now yeah. and so uh, uh, again it's a very romantic notion um, but i like this idea of of someone 200 years from now discovering a book that mm. that i produced and maybe maybe it gives them an insight into life today yeah um and and so that's that's definitely the 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 motivator for um um for me with 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 the art of photography yeah um i think you know i've i've heard i've heard photography called called the place where art and science collide and it's true there's a lot of science involved in in photography um there's a lot of art but to me it is but the art is always more important yeah um, I'm not a technical photographer. I'm not somebody that, that goes deep into the depths of the menu system of the cameras I use. Um, I, I, I don't even particularly pay much attention to how the cameras work. Mm. Um, I'm all about the photograph they produce because what I come back to is when I think about photographs like Lunch Atop for Skyscraper or Afghan Girl mm. um, or the work of Dorothea Lang in the, in the Great Depression, etc. I have no idea what camera they shot it on, and I really don't care. Yeah. All I care about is the, the photograph they produce. And I think that today, with, with the fabulous technology and the cameras we've got, we can get so focused on those that technology, yeah. we can forget the purpose of what we're trying to do, to create a photograph that 100 years from now, somebody can look at and give them an insight into mm. our age. Um, that that's, the, that's my photograph, my, my motivation for the photograph side. Um, that I'm trying to capture. Yeah, it's it's interesting because um, I obviously watched your your TED talk before we uh, started our our conversation, <laughs> um, and you uh, you you touch on that a lot in there. How important it is to share the visual representations and that creation of history and that sharing of stories. And I do honestly think that as human beings, we yes, it's easy to see something digitally and have that you know affect you in in varying ways, but what you were saying now about physically holding something it's almost like that attention of the different senses and you know with a book it's a physical touch it's a smell because books i mean in my opinion always smell delicious um and it's that it's that yep. whole experience it's igniting all of the senses and that really will impart that that moment of history like you were saying that story into your your being i suppose before we continue unpacking this topic we would like to give a big thank you to Orms, without whom this wonderful podcast would not be possible. Orms is a cornerstone of the creative community in South Africa, offering industry-leading support, the latest gear, and world-class display options to photographers, artists, and visual creators, both locally and internationally. As always, you can find out everything you need to know by visiting ormsdirect.co.za. The link can also be found in the show notes for this episode. Now let's get back to the discussion. You know, it's it's almost impossible to pick up mm. a book without feeling the texture of the paper. Exactly. Um, and and that's that's the thing that that 
matters to me. And I obsess mm. about the paper choices yeah. we make. I obsess about the, the inks that are used um, because I'm thinking about how that's going to translate and how that's yeah. going to be part of the, um, the story that's told about the experience yeah. of, of viewing that photograph. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all about the words as well. Um, most of my photographs are accompanied by text. I, mm. like, I like to combine the two. Uh, but it's always the photograph which leads. Yeah. Um, and, and I feel that has the connection. The, the, um, you know, if you, if you go to a historical site around the world, you're in London and you go to the Tower of London, mm. there will be some plaque against the wall to say this, this wall was first built in the 1300s, say. Yeah. Um, and that give, those words give context to it, but it's viewing, it's viewing the site, which is what, what transports you. Mm. And everybody imagines what it was like where, wherever they're standing. What was this like a thousand years ago? 400 years ago yeah. and that's what i want to achieve with with with, with the photographs um, and yes i i i i did a ted talk a little while ago mm. um and um and and the subject of, of that was about exploring humanity mm-hmm. um and very much the the the, the, the topic i was discussing is I'm, I'm fortunate my camera has taken me all over the world i've mm. i've um, i've been um a, across six continents um and to to honestly more countries than than, than i can i can count yeah. um and I've met so many different cultures, so many different people. And, and that's what I find fascinating. Because the thing, the, the thing that I've discovered traveling the world, and mm-hmm. especially the way I travel the world, um, I think when most people set out to, to, to go around the world, they go on a, on a coherent um, journey around the world. They yeah. start at one place and work their way steadily around. That's not what I've done. Because of the nature of the assignments I do, et cetera, I kind of zigzag around the world. Yeah. So, I might I might um, find myself in New York, fly straight across to to um, say Singapore or something, and then come back to Europe and then go to Australia. So I zigzag, which means that that instead of seeing a slow culture change as you make your way around the world, I'll see yeah. dramatic culture changes suddenly. And as a result, I can see very contrasting um, differences between us, but I can also see a lot of similar similarities. And in a lot of ways, we are very different. When you go. Yeah different places around the world will we'll be very different, but they will be very superficial differences. Mm-hmm. And the su- superficial differences like um, the type of food we eat. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, um, somebody from one part of the world that has, say, a rich culture of agriculture is going to eat one type of food, where if there's somewhere else that's more desolate, where crops are harder to grow, they might eat a different type of food. Yeah. But we're still eating food. Yeah. So those are superficial differences. But the similarities are similar are, are the same all over the world. I've not been anywhere in the world that people haven't enjoyed laughing. I've mm. never been anywhere in the world where people haven't enjoyed the company of others, friends, family, spending time with each other. And mm-hmm. um, I've never been anywhere in the world where people didn't want to share their culture. Um, and you know, something I get asked all of the time is some of the places that I go to, people say, Aren't you afraid? And the answer is no, and I've I've been to some places where yeah. it, it can be a little bit hectic. Mm. Um, you know, I, I, a, a short while ago, I did a, a documentary about the, the refugee crisis in mm. Europe, and I spent some time in the refugee camps. And and some of the people I interviewed for for that, some of the people I talked to, um, they've they've had some experiences and they've yeah. done some things, um, with, which you know it it, it, it it's eye-opening some of the some of the experiences they've had and yet I can honestly say that at no point I ever felt threatened mm. 
I ever felt at risk um, because the, it was clear that I genuinely was wanting to understand the culture. Yeah. And I never met anybody that didn't want to share their culture. I've also never met anybody that didn't think that their country was the best place in the world. Um, you know, if you, if you go to Tokyo, people will explain to you why Japan is the best place in the, in the world. Yeah. And then you go to New York and people will explain to you why New York is the best place in the world. And so we're all fiercely patriotic about mm. where we're from in, in general. Yeah. You know, you, you know what I mean? And, and then, and so I, I find, I find that some, something that, that I try, that I strive to, to do through my photography mm. is to highlight those similarities and the quirky differences. Yeah. Um, those are the things that I think people find interesting. It's not the, the big differences. I don't, you know, in, in my work, I never touch on, um, the politics of 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 globalization. Mm. I never talk, you know, discuss about you know the, the rights or wrongs of particular countries. I'm looking for the for the quirky little things, yeah, um, and the the individual things that people in that society would never even notice. Um, I, I was in I was in Iceland a little while ago, and I I, um, I came across a fisherman that's bringing in his his traditional fishing boat mm-hmm. where they they row with with oars, um, and I became, I was obsessed with his gloves because he had these mittens, yeah. Um, and they use because of course it's Iceland. It's yeah. really cold. Um, but the mittens had two thumbs in it. They have a thumb either side, and the reason is because as they're rowing, the water it, it freezes the mittens. Oh. So what they do is when they freeze, they just flip the mittens around and wear it back to front. That's so, so smart. The, the mittens don't have a a front or a back. Yeah. They just they they just flip them around, and so they've got two thumbs. I became kind of obsessed by that, by his, his mittens. And of course he could understand what I was talking about. Cause these are just, just his gloves. Yeah. Um, or I was, I was in, I was in Madagascar. There was a small Island. It's about a three hour boat ride from the coastline of Madagascar. Mm-hmm. Tiny little, it, it's nothing more than a sandbank. Really. It's, it's 500 meters by about 400 meters. There's a small community of about hundred people who live on, on, on this Island. Yeah. And then, um, and many of them who had never left the Island. And and they're they're very much reliant on things like fishing for their food, etc. And they had these wonderful fishing boats, these small canoe um, kind of boats carved out of, of tree trunks. And they would have on on one side they would have a stabilizer because the way the wind blows, it would it would knock the boat the boat off off center. Yeah. So they had this kind of stabilizer to keep in position, but only on one side. And I couldn't understand why they didn't have it on both sides. Yeah. So. I would, and so how, when they went out, how, what happened when they turned the boat around to come back again? How did they not fall yeah. over? And I became so, so confused with this. I literally asked the fisherman to take me out to sea. And so we got, we went and I was photographing him and we went out a little while ago, a little while. And then I said, okay, let's go back now. Um, of course, when I say I said, I mean, I had to use hand gestures because I couldn't speak a word of the language. Yeah. But, he understood what I meant. And so he kind of said, okay, you want to go back? So I was waiting for him to turn the boat around and see what happened. Of course, what he did is he stood up, turned himself around and sat down again. Oh, wow. It, with my European way of thinking yeah. about it, it never even occurred to me. I, w- in Europe, we always overcomplicate everything. Whereas what he did is just stood up and turned himself around yeah. rather than the boat around. Now, those are the things which I find fascinating. The way that the everyday things that they wouldn't even think about is something which which can fascinate um, some on the other side of the world. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's very much um, what I love about exploring humanity around the world. And I think, again, 
that these photographs are something which can transport people to mm. a different place or a different time. Um, you know, with, with, with the historical photographs, we're, we're transporting ourselves to a different time. Yeah. But even today, viewing a, viewing a photograph of somebody from a different part of the world transports us to that place. Yeah, exactly. And that's something that we're able to, to then experience something of, of that culture. Yeah. And, and, and I, I can't, it, again, very romantic idea, but I can't help but think that if we understand each other better, mm. we get on better. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's really not rocket science. And so, so I very much see that, that um, through, through the photographs we catch, and I'm very much a stills photographer, um, so, so video doesn't feature in my, world, yeah. my, my, my work, but through, through the photographs we capture or the video that others capture, we can transport ourselves to those places. And, and, and with that understanding can, um, can, can come a better world. But yeah. maybe, maybe I'm just um, a, a bit too, too romantic in that notion. But I love that idea, and you you touch on that a lot in your um, in your TED talk that that breaking down the the barriers, whether they be invisible or physical, um, that that separate us and distinguish. And you use this quite a lot: the us and the them. That separation, yes. that distinction, is a very interesting thing, and it's um, and I, I I'm tending to agree with you that that sharing of our similarities and less of the focus on our differences. Um, can really help you know when 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 i was when i was young my mm. mother always used to say used to say to me if you've got nothing nice to say about something or somebody don't say anything at all yeah and again cliche we and, and i'm sure every mother has, has 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 told their child that but i i very much follow that through so mm. something that is consistent amongst my work is i always i'm always focusing on the positive yeah now that's not to say that that i don't acknowledge that there are negatives in the world there clearly are negatives in the world um but but I feel it, it, it's um, it's through fo our focus on the positive mm. that we can we can influence change. If we if we focus only on the negatives of, of the world, um, well, is that going to in inspire us the same way as as say focus on the positive? So yeah. even even if I'm in a difficult situation, um, even if I'm somewhere where people are facing despair, I'm always looking for what is the positive out of it, mm -hmm. and and what what's the positive of their situation. Um, and you know that, uh, and I feel that that um, that if we can if we can focus on that, we can we can uh, um, achieve change. And and this I this notion of a them and us, it's it's a, it's something which is very relevant at the moment. Um, the internet has brought us fabulous um, uh, fabulous wealth of information. It's mm -hmm. brought us an awful lot of of, of good. And um, but one of the 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 things um, that the internet has brought us is. We do tend to live in echo chambers these days. Yeah. We tend to to only watch the media that presents the, a, a, a narrative that we already agree with. Yeah. Um, and and I feel we need to expand our horizons. Yeah, completely. Um, and I think that that um, I think that this idea of them and us, mm. um, we, this we need to tackle. This idea of other of others mm. um, that that is, is what we should wish be should be striving to change yeah uh, and and i think that that even even if we can all play our own small part through through the 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 work that i do um focusing on the the fact that they are actually more like us mm -hmm. than we might understand yeah um and it's not until you bring that reality that people sometimes can um um 
can realise it. And and I'm no different. You know, there's there's places that I've been to where I I expected certain certain things, mm-hmm. and you know the the reality was very different. Um, but it's it's. I feel like that's something that photography allows us to do. It allows yeah. us to transport people and we can start bringing people together. Yeah. Um, and, and, and why not? I, I, I know it sounds grandiose to say we want to change the world, but I can't help but think, why not? Exactly. Why not try? Exactly. Um, now, whether we achieve it or not, maybe we just take, take a small step. I, I was in, I, 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 I did the, the, a project on the refugee crisis in mm-hmm. Europe and I, I was in a. I found myself in the middle of a field, um, just out, just um, outside a small town called Idomeni in Greece. It's mm. right on the border of of, of what's now become um, North Macedonia, the Republic of North Macedonia. Yeah. There's a, 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 the border of Greece and Macedonia, and and there was a makeshift refugee camp that just emerged. Mm. What happened one day is that the the borders just got shut. And it became so cramped around the border, border towns that the police stopped the, the, the refugees that were traveling. Yeah. They stopped them about 20 kilometers down the road, just next to a petrol station. Um, and they literally just stopped them one day. And, but there was a, a constant influx of people. So within a short period of time, there was maybe a couple of thousand people that were in, a make sh- in, in this field, literally yeah. sleeping in tents or whatever they could get. And so this, this camp kind of emerged suddenly. And I was I was um, documenting what was happening, and I spoke. There was, I I like most people, I guess. I imagine there's some sort of infrastructure for this. I imagine the UN would turn up and take charge, yeah. or this happened, or that happened. And there were people that suddenly arrived to to kind of take charge and get things going. But it's only when I spoke to them I realised these were just volunteers that just arrived. These yeah. were just people that saw what's happening and decided to go and help. There was no organisation or anything, and there was this American woman that kind of took charge of it. Um, and it turned out that she had no role of authority. She's just somebody with a personality to say, right, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's do that. And, and I asked her, where do you even start when you've got 2000 people stuck in a, in a, in a field where you're trying to create a, an infrastructure, yeah. you know, trying to deal with housing and food and, and the like, where do you even start? And there's something she said to me, which really struck home. She just said, you start somewhere. Mm. You just look for a job to do and you do it. Because if you try and look at the big picture, if you try and look at the, the overall solution to, to this immense problem, you're, you're, you're just going to be banging your head against someone. Yeah. So instead, you start somewhere. You just pick something. You see somebody that's got nowhere to stay mm. and you just say, let me find them somewhere to stay. And... And I, that's really, that really struck home to me yeah. that, that when, when we're trying to tackle some of the, the, the social issues in, in, in our world, and, and, and I'm not claiming to, as a, as a documentary photographer, I'm not claiming that, I'm, that I'm, I'm necessarily tackling the big social problems in our world or, or, or even bringing, highlighting issues to the masses. Mm. I'm just taking one step and other people are taking steps and collectively, that becomes a thing. Yeah. Um, so, so it's not it's not like my photographs that, that I'm setting out saying, okay, I'm I'm going to take photographs which change the world. I'd love them to, and there's nothing wrong in saying that, yeah. you know that, that 200 years from now, maybe um, my photograph is one of those photographs which which has an influence. But but that's not that's not the overall goal. Yeah. What I'm looking at is saying, 
I'm not documenting the problems of the world or the successes of the world. All I'm doing is focusing on this one story here. I want, through my photograph, I want to capture this, this moment. Mm. And maybe this moment added up with all the other moments will show that there isn't necessarily a them and us. Yeah. There's, there's just us. Um, and it, it's that very much we're all, uh, we're all fortunate or unlucky depending on our circumstances. Mm. Um, and, and so, so I, I think that's something which, which has been a big focus of, of, of my work is, mm. is capturing those moments from the other side of the world, but showing how there's similarities to, to what we are all used to. Yeah. Um, and then focusing on the little differences, the superficial differences, like, like fishermen with two, with a glove with two thumbs, because those are, are, are quirky. Those yeah. are interesting. And, and, and although we're very similar, I don't want us to be, um, I want us to keep our differences. Yeah. Um, I want to 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 keep those small differences that make that make the world interesting. Exactly. Those differences make the world interesting, but they don't make us different people. Mm. We're still the same people. We just have different ways. Yeah, completely. I love that though. I love that outlook. It's not. It's it's. Um, I think it's very easy to get very um, downtrodden with all of the the negative things and the pot, like the sort of the more realistic. Um, views of what is happening but I like I love that you know, some, something that I found yeah something I found fascinating in in the refugee camps mm. and, and I spent quite a lot of time in, in and 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 some of the people I spoke to were in real despair mm. and yet something that I found fascinating is every day the sun sets and every day towards the end towards the time when the sun sets people around the world always seem to get hungry and they start preparing food mm-hmm. Whether it's in the in the city or in the refugee camp, they're still preparing food. And in these camps, people would gather around an open fire, and they would cook a meal, and they would laugh with each other. Mm. And so, even in the depths of despair, people will still get together and laugh mm. because what other choice is there? Exactly. Um, you get you get on with life. Yeah. And and something that that struck really home is is how often people would say come and eat with me you know i've taken their photograph i've met them 10 minutes earlier and they're yeah. saying look let's have a meal and and the thing is it was it, it would often be kind of awkward because i'm a strict vegetarian oh yeah and so they've got this you know i mean in the often cases literally a rabbit that they've caught from a homemade trap yeah that they've caught in the field because that's all they've got and and you know i'm not being rude but i'm i'm a strict vegetarian you know it's it's so interesting that that um, I don't want to belittle the crisis that some people have that some people are facing, but they will still there will still be people with a smile on their face, mm-hmm. and I find that extraordinary. Um, and people will say to me, you know, it, it, uh, people have, have said it 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 must be really you know you've got a unique pers- um, perception of or, or, or outlook on it, be, uh, or you've you've able to gain an insight mm-hmm. um, because you were able to 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 experience what it's like to be a refugee. Yeah. No. Not in the slightest. I had a credit card and a passport in my pocket. Mm. I was there through choice. That's you cannot compare the two. Yeah. Um, but I, I find I found it fascinating that 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 people in a situation like that would still get together, have a meal, laugh and joke with their friends, the same way that people will gather on a Sunday around a braai mm. and 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 laugh and joke with their friends. Ultimately, we're all the same. Yeah. 
and and if I can capture photographs which demonstrate that, that that to me is something which I feel that there's a powerful message there, and and those are the photographs which which resonate with with me, yeah. um, and they're the ones that I try and I try and capture. I feel like we couldn't we can't really avoid touching on this because it is a worldwide pandemic, um, COVID nineteen. So you're <laughs> you're currently in isolation, as am I. Um, but I, I wanted am, to yes. I wanted to find out, and I I think um, with a lot of the discussions that we've been having lately, digital discussions, obviously with our community and with my own colleagues, um, a lot of us are finding it really difficult to stay inspired and to create. And I think there's a lot of pressure to keep creating. Um, are you feeling this pressure? Have you felt it affect your creative output in any way? Are you still photographing? I, I'm, I mean, it's it's changed everything, yeah. hasn't it? Um, it's it's very difficult to be a, a travel photographer when you're not allowed to travel. Yeah, of course. Um, and um, and so so it it, abs- it absolutely has changed everything. Mm. Um, I think I need to keep it in. You know, so so I, I've I found it um, I found it very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think I've I've always been a traveller. Um, yeah. Even shortly after I left school. Um, I up to move to Spain, and and this is this is um, back quite quite a few years now. Yeah. Um, when when moving to another country was still a big thing. I was I was a teenager and I moved to Spain by myself. You know, I think um, I, I went on holiday one time and and um, and decided to not go back. Now every every young person that goes on holiday says I'm not going to go back. Yeah. I didn't. I stayed for a, a few years, um, and so. And I always get itchy feet after a short period of time. Yeah. Um, so, so not being able to travel is 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 something which which is is very difficult. Um, and I think also it's it's thrown it's thrown routine so much. Mm. Um, we're we're out of we're out of routine so much. Um, so so I found it tr- tremendously difficult um, because the the thing is it's it's the travel which inspires me. Mm. It's meeting the people which inspire me. Um, so, so I'm not, when I do my assignments, I actually, I do a, a lot of research beforehand. Um, if I'm going somewhere, I do a lot of research because I, I, I need to be aware of things like cultural, um, issues or yeah. even things like weather, you know, what's the best time to travel, travel, etc. Um, but when I'm actually there, I, I don't make much of a plan. I tend to, I do my research beforehand, but then I just go and I just discover what's there. And, and I don't really outline because I'm always working on the basis of producing a book or something like that. Yeah. So I'm always thinking about what, what the text I'm going to write is or what the, the, the story is going to be. But I don't really outline that before I go. I'm waiting until I'm there and see what I discover and allow that to inspire me. Yeah. So very much that process of discovery is part of the creative process for mm-hmm. me, which is very difficult when I'm stuck at home. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, be, be, isolated from people um and and so that that's something which I've, I've really had to to try and tackle because um a lot of times my creative juices for one of their word mm. are inspired by those people I meet and um, so now we're having to do it in a different way and I think I, I think it is it, it's a challenge and it's not one that, that I can say we 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 should be grateful for because mm. of course no it's a terrible situation and um, but I do think it's an opportunity yeah. I do think it, we're often it's by challenging ourselves that we get the the best results. Yeah. You know, I, I've got uh, one of my specialties. One of the things that I, I tend to do a lot is 
just walking up to complete strangers in the middle of nowhere and just getting talking to them. Yeah. And listen, it's not easy. It's not easy. You have to step into a character. You have to. Mm. Um, I, I'm not naturally. Um, I, I, I'm naturally a shy person. I'm not someone that that that, that feels comfortable walking up to complete strangers. So I have to step into character. I have, yeah. to, I have to be this boisterous, friendly person, and that's not easy. And um, but you've got to challenge yourself. And I, when I started doing that, I had to challenge myself. And this situation at the moment is another challenge. And um, we have to challenge ourselves to be creative in these situations. Yeah. So, so like everybody else, I've spent the, I mean, I've, I've been in lockdown now for 21 days and our lockdown here is pretty severe. So I haven't been past my, my front gate in 21 days. And so I'm having to challenge myself to say, okay, how am I going to be creative? Because this is, this is not a situation that's going to get resolved in the next couple of weeks. Mm. I don't see that in, in three weeks time or two weeks time or a week's time or whenever we, uh, we, we all get released from our lockdown, I can't see that we go back to the same as it was before. Yeah. This, I feel like this is going to be a long-term social change. Yeah. We, may, we may be able to go out on the streets, but social isolation is going to be a thing. We're going to be keeping our distance. We're going to be thinking about what, what's what. Yeah. And, and, and that's something I'm going to have to think about. So, so even if, even if the, the lockdown is, is, um, is we're releasing lockdown in the near future, I'm not sure that, that we're going to be traveling internationally in the near future. Yeah. Um, I can see each country saying, okay, we can go about our business within that country. But I don't know, um, I don't know that if it's the same in South Africa, mm. but here, here in Mauritius, the airport is entirely shut, apart from cargo, but it's entirely shut. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure that, that, that it's going to open in the near future for international travel. And even if it does, should I? Um, should we be traveling? Um, yeah. Look, it's... It, I, we're all faced. Um, Greta Thunberg. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I travel a lot. I've racked up the air miles, and I've got to say, this 16, 17 year old um, young lady that's come out of nowhere in the past year has me thinking about: Should I be traveling as much as I do? Mm, the implications. Um, should yeah. I be more selective in the traveling I do? Um, and then on top of that, you've got situations like this. Mm. Um, so, so it's it's definitely got me thinking that I need to be more specific. I would often travel for, shall we say the sake of travel? I, I would, I would, I'm going to, I'm going to go and find what I discover. Now I'm thinking I need to be more specific. I need to mm -hmm. do my work beforehand to go for specific purposes. Yeah. Um, and I got, I got interest, asked a very interesting question a little while ago, which is, do I travel for, for photography or does photography allow me to travel? Yeah, that is an interesting it's, one. So it's the chicken and egg. Yeah, and 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 I don't know. I think I think it was it was the curiosity which got me out on the road, mm -hmm. but it's the photography which kept me there. Yeah, as it were. So it's both. And and the thing is, so so I would very much see myself as an explorer, and I would go traveling to see what I discovered. Now I'm not sure if I can do that anymore. Both physically, will the airport actually mm. be open to allow me? Will countries allow me to go in? Um, because obviously I can't, I can't go to uh, like like everybody. I'm balancing a, a work and home life. Yeah, uh, I've got a young family. I, I can't go and spend two weeks in isolate in quarantine every time I travel to a new country. I can't spend two weeks in quarantine to do a two a two week assignment there. Yeah. Um, you know, I need I want to get back to my family. So so I can't just find that time thing. So I think I think it's going to affect. It is affecting everything. Mm. It is going to be challenging, but. 
art is always challenging. Yeah. And those that that succeed are going to be the ones that rise to that challenge. Mm. So honestly, I'm pulling my hair out. I'm absolutely <laughs> pulling my hair out. But I'm saying, okay, this is the reality. It's a challenge mm. we face. How am I going to? How am I going to rise up to this challenge mm-hmm. that I can still be creative? I haven't found the answer yet. <laughs> and if, if if you have the answer, then feel free to share it with me. I wish. But I'm working on it, and I think. I think that's what we've all got to do is we've got to to mm. live with with the challenges that that we're faced with but but art shouldn't be easy. No. It should challenge us. Yeah. It should make us it should make us strive to be better. And that's what that's what I'm using the opportunity to do. Mm. I'm I'm thinking okay, I I can't I I can't just disappear off. Mm-hmm. Let me think how I can do it. How can I, how can I be creative in different ways? And that that's that's what I'm um trying to do now. Mm, and it's yeah we were saying before we actually started recording that um it's almost like there's going to be there's now a space for an entire global shift of thinking and a shift in the way that we approach our art forms and a shift in the way that we communicate and connect with one another during these times and going forward but I do love that you have this um and it's something that continues through your work and you keep you keep reiterating it it's finding that positive it's the focus that you you put on the positive aspect of things. So like looking to the future and looking at the positive things that could come out of this rather than focusing on I'm stuck at home, you know, people are getting sick. It's really scary. It is. And I mean, maybe it's maybe it's a survival technique because I find myself doing it the exact same thing. It's just being more positive, focusing on the future, seeing where things go. And I suppose getting ahead of ourselves isn't going to help us, is it? I think I think the, the issue and, and, and look, I, I have com- I've um, mixed feelings because on mm. one hand, this is this virus is a terrible thing. It is. Yeah. And and, and people are really suffering. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it, it, it and, and I think the thing that's really hard about it is um, it seems to be an all or nothing. Yeah. Um, people who get it either either don't really see any don't notice anything past mild symptoms yeah or are really sick yeah and because it's because it's that all or nothing it's very difficult when we're all cooped up in a in in isolation thinking with a with a lot of irresponsible people saying look it's nothing more than a bad cold um and 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 so it's very frustrating and and so i don't want to belittle it but i also think there is opportunity yeah and i'm not talking about opportunity you know you hear these terrible things about people um, you know, the the investment firms say saying how they can make lots of money out of it. I'm not talking that sort of yeah, opportunity. Yeah, yeah. What I'm talking about is is I have I, I saw I, I saw a, a thing on on the news yesterday that people in India can see the Himalayas for the first time in decades wow. because of the lack of pollution yeah. in the air. Um, I, I I wrote a piece the other I wrote a piece a, a couple of days ago about how um, nature is reclaiming space. Mm. Um, this is an opportunity. We have the opportunity now to say we have been shot into action. Yeah. This, in, in anybody's book, this is this is this is not even once in a lifetime. I'm not sure that the world has ever shut down like this, ever mm. in our in our history. Um, so we've been shot into action. Can we use this now to change our ways? Can we use this to say let's take a different approach to things? Yeah. Even in the two weeks, the three weeks, the four weeks that this has been a thing, there are nature is is 
re, is is recovering, and and you know so so this is an opportunity, and even within our our industry of photography, um, there are it's a it's a very harsh, horrible thing, mm-hmm. but there are going to be a lot of photographers who lose their jobs, yeah. lose their income. There's going to be a lot of photographers who have to go out and get another job, and that is absolutely tragic, and I'm not belittling that. But there's also photographers who will use this as their opportunity to change direction. There's going to be photographers that did one thing but can't now do that, so try something else and find that they're really good at it. Yeah. And this will mark the change for them. And, and, and I feel like if we can grow within, if we can use this as a creative opportunity, if we can use this to grow, then we can get something out of it. So I'm always looking for that positive yeah. in the work I do. I'm always looking for that positive and saying, I have an opportunity to slow down now. I have an opportunity to do things I've never done before. I have the the opportunity to write the book that I was planning to write for years that Mm -hmm. I never got around to. I have the opportunity to stop and think, how can I adapt my creative flow? Um, And so I think let's seize those opportunities. We can either, as creatives, we can either spend our time in in isolation, binge watching whatever series has just come out yeah. on, on streaming media or whatever else. Or we can use this as our opportunity to, to, to try something else. Um, and, and I must admit, I, I haven't been, I haven't been um, shooting um, in this, this, this time. Mm. I'm, um, I haven't, haven't touched on it, but I'm um, a, a Fujifilm ex-photographer. Yeah. Um, I shoot exclusively with Fujifilm cameras. And, and Fujifilm were just brought out in the past couple of months. They brought out these really beautiful cameras i've got them sitting in my camera bag and i haven't had an opportunity to shoot with them and it's been it's been um very frustrating and so yeah. now i'm saying okay i'm going to go out and shoot different subject matter that i don't normally shoot and um, even around the garden around the house i'm going to try um different things um, because i've got these wonderful fujifilm cameras and i want to to, to use them but we're just all we're all challenged with yeah. with um, being creative in different ways, and I think that that's something that um, that that if we can just accept it for what it is, we're, we're stuck with it. So yeah. let's let's use it as an opportunity. At the beginning of this episode, we promised you guys a giveaway. So here it is: Fujifilm, in collaboration with Orms, are giving you the chance to win a pair of Fujifilm KF10 to 42H binoculars. Guys, this prize is worth five thousand rand. Fujifilm not only produces amazing mirrorless cameras, but also produces a full line of binoculars, boasting high optical performance and reliability from high-grade models for professional users to image-stabilizing binoculars, large binoculars, marine binoculars that are waterproof, lightweight and durable, and compact binoculars that are easy to carry. And obviously, if you um, are a Fuji fan, like most of the Orms team are, you know that Fujifilm produces the highest quality. Whatever they're doing, it's incredible, impeccable quality. So you know these binoculars are going to be just perfection. So to stand a chance to win this pair of incredible binoculars from Fujifilm, all you need to do is head over to the Orms Connect blog, which we will link in the show notes, and you need to answer this question. That question that you need to answer is, how many techno-stabi or image-stabilized binoculars does Fujifilm make? And the answer is four. So guys, head over 
to the Orms Connect blog, which we've linked in the show notes for this episode, and submit your answer in that blog post. And you stand a chance of winning an incredible pair of Fujifilm binoculars to do whatever you like with. This could be your chance. So get entering, don't hesitate, and they could be yours. Best of luck. It's something that's that's that I find funny that um, nature, given the chance, will go and do its own thing. I, um, I was in um, in Chernobyl a little while ago. Yeah. And um, the the thing about Chernobyl, you should see the wildlife. Um, you should see the fish in the river there. I mean, huge, huge fish. Because of course, nobody's nobody's fishing yeah. the radioactive fish from the river. Oh, of course. Um, and so, so. Nature is 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 thriving mm. in the exclusion zone where where humanity is excluded for the next fifty thousand years. Um, nature will find its way, yeah. um, and you know it's it's fu- it's funny to see um, what's happening around the world. You, in in London, you're getting deer coming coming into the public parks. It's crazy. Um, here we've we've got monkeys that are are coming down from the mountain. Mm. It's 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 a strange thing because nobody's about. Yeah, it's amazing how how in just a couple of weeks, what a difference that that um, that will will have on, on nature. And I can't help but wonder what happens if we give it a, a year instead of a week. If we change our ways a little bit, what could yeah. happen? But anyway, I get philosophical. Anyway, but but maybe that's also a positive that could come out of this. You know, like if we're if we're able to see the change so quickly, maybe that will awake yep. some people from you know, that sort of denial of everything that's happening or going on around us that we're affecting. You know, I think, I think that's, that's the thing with something like this, mm. this virus is I, I wonder what happens afterwards. Mm. You know, even with my own work, I'm already thinking, um, I, I had, uh, there was a big project that I've been working on for some time, yeah. a book um, project um, called The Last Tribes of Africa. Um, and I'm heading, the idea was to head out um into some of the the last remaining tribal communities um, and spend some time with them, document the lives, meet the characters, mm-hmm. um, and you know, of course, um, right until this, um, until the the virus really hit home, um, it was. I was still looking at going. I was meant to. I was meant to be in Ethiopia right now, yeah. um, and of course, this this put paid to all of those plans. And then at first, you're thinking, okay, maybe it puts them off for a couple of weeks, and then then you look and say, well, actually, maybe a bit longer than that. Yeah, and and then. And then you start thinking that even even if things do unlock, even if the airports do open, can I still go? Should I still go? Mm. These are things that that we have to think about. Um, and I think that that this gives us an opportunity to think about some of those 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 things, whether it be work or in our personal lives. You know, the way we we interact with with the world. Now, will will this be an opportunity for the world to look and say, let's change our ways? Honestly, probably not, because um, you know, the human species does have a habit of looking after itself first. Yeah. But can we change can we change the minds of some people? Will this change the minds of some people? Mm. Maybe. Um, and you know, that's that's something again, when I look at my at, at my own work, um, am I trying to influence the world? Well, I won't say no if it <laughs> if it could happen. Yeah. But in reality, I'll settle for influencing some people yeah um and and if for, for me something i find most rewarding I, I i've done quite a lot of exhibitions um and and something about about my exhibitions i tr- i try and make i have two types of ex- exhibitions i do gallery type exhibitions mm-hmm. which is 
kind of exclusive, kind of highbrow. It's nice to do those sort of things sometimes. Yeah. But one of the things I really enjoy doing is is the public exhibitions. And and um, and I've done quite a lot where um, I'll put an exhibition into shopping malls or into the theatre, in, the, mm. in the reception of the theatre or, or into schools and colleges. And it's very accessible work. I, I print them on... Um, actually, we, we, we print most of, of the work with... with Orms on on Fomex material that's very resistant. Yeah. Um, so so we can um, so it's great. I can put the print. I can also put text etc. On mm-hmm. on one print that that doesn't matter if it gets rained on or whatever. Yeah. And and something that I find most rewarding is when when I come across people looking at the work, mm. and especially especially when I see people stop and look at it, read the text, and look at the, the photograph again. Yeah. And that's an influence. You know. Now, is it going to change the course of their lives? Probably not. <laughs> but for that moment, yeah. I, I've got their attention. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like that's something that whether it's through, whether it's something huge like this virus, whether it's something, you know, like, like the work we do, if we can change little by little by little. Mm. Now, this has shocked us. This, this is, 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 is a dramatic change. Yeah. Um, but... I feel like it's something that if we can use it, if some people can change their ways, myself included, mm. as I said, I, I, something I've been thinking about a lot is the amount I travel and should I travel that much? Yeah. Um, can, I, can I travel less by, by being more um, consistent with my, with my planning, say? So instead of, instead of traveling to, to one destination, coming back and then traveling to another destination close, can, yeah. I, can I piggyback them? Yeah. You know, these are the things that we have to think about. So, so, so I feel like we can all make these these um, little changes, and and I would like to think that that some positive out of of the the, the crisis we're facing at the moment will be that people mm. change their ways. I suspect we won't change that much as as a species, yeah. but maybe some of us make some changes. And you know what? Let's take that. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm holding out hope for. <laughs> it's my little positive sort of spin we'll, on things. <laughs> we 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 will see i I, yeah. I think that um i think it's 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 um you know but but again i i'm um i'm kind of that optimist at heart and yeah. so so I, I i i often think look maybe we can change the world yeah let's you know and if we can't maybe we can change one small small corner of it exactly and that's something that, that i think um that we can and and i feel like art is is art is it's uniquely positioned to do that yeah Something, it really is i you know come the trouble is coming from a business world as i did mm. um, and and having a kind of a mathematical thinking brain that's always the way my 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 brain has worked so i'm always trying to analyze things and, yeah. and when i first started getting interested in photography especially as an art form I spent a lot of time trying to understand art yeah so i would study i would talk to people let me understand art and then over time i realized Nobody understands art nope. because that's the whole that's the yeah. whole beauty of it. Art can mean whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, some it's a definition that I use for art, which nobody else necessarily does. Yeah. But I, I use art as something which serves no purpose other than being itself. Mm. Um, so you know, when I when I see something like you know a beautifully crafted vacuum cleaner or um, or a computer or something like that. Mm-hmm. It can be it can be artistic, but it's still got another purpose. Yeah. Um, whereas the Mona Lisa has no purpose apart from being looked at. 
Um, yeah. And and that gives us through that we have an opportunity um, to to um, to try and tell stories in a different way. Exactly. Um, art allows us to t- be, because nobody understands it, and because there is no definition of it, mm. it allows us to to be anything we want it to be. Um, and so I feel like like by being artists, by cho- and, and I, I, that's something I'm very strongly about that that as a photographer we should think like an artist yeah um, and and so we should endeavor to be an artist and through through our art we can achieve we can strive to try and achieve um social change mm. or or whatever um and 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 try and influence the 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 minds of people that are, that are viewing our work yeah um, whether we achieve it or not is a different matter yeah completely but i suppose it's all about the the journey towards right exactly it's yeah. all about the journey so, so obviously, as a Fujifilm brand ambassador, yeah. I spend quite a lot of time um, do, doing doing um, um, things. And so, people would quite often ask me about technical details yeah. of the camera. And you know, I'm kind of saying I don't actually know. Yeah. Um, and and it 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 does amaze me. I think I think sometimes people forget the end result. What we're trying to what we're trying to do yeah. is to create the image. You know, I, I I teach a lot of workshops. I've taught a lot of workshops all over the world. And we always get the same. You always get the same kind of characters that come. You, ninety percent mm. are ninety nine percent are always the ones that are really keen to learn. They're enthusiastic. They want to learn. But you always get the certain types. And and one is the educator. There's always somebody on the workshop mm-hmm. that that always comes on a workshop to to demonstrate that they already know it all. And, and I'm, I'm thinking, why? Yeah. You know, why are you on the workshop if 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 some you know, you get somebody to ask me a question and then I'll answer it. And then th- at the end, they will also add their pit as, as well. Um, and they're always the ones that know every technical detail about yeah. the, the camera. They will know exactly how you, you achieve this quirk or that quirk of, of a particular camera, um, where I won't. Um, and yet then I look at their portfolio and think, but you spent so long mm. finding, you know, the hidden menu option that you've forgotten to actually go out and take photographs. Yeah. Um, there's some. There's something which um, years ago I learned to ski. Yeah. Um, I went on my first ski trip, and I was at the top of the mountain, and I'm I'm taking ski lessons, um, and and this ski instructor turns up, turns up, and says something which made a real influence on on my approach to things. And mm-hmm. um, what he said was, if you go from the top of the mountain to the bottom of a mountain on skis, you're a skier. Everything else is showing off. And I thought about that a lot over the years. And now something yeah. I say to people when I'm doing when I'm doing photography workshops is if you use a camera to take a photograph, you're a photographer. Mm-hmm. Everything else is showing off. And I think that stayed with me a lot. I, I see people that on, on their their bios, they talk about their their qualifications in photography, their yeah. degree in photography, or their or their introduction to such and such um, association of photographers. And they spent so long focusing on the theory of photography, they've forgotten to actually go out and shoot photographs. Yeah. And then I've seen, and then I've seen fifteen-year-olds with nothing more than a smartphone, who have done the most creative things because because they've got nothing else. So they've had mm-hmm. to be creative because they haven't got the fancy studio full of equipment. Yeah. And they're doing the most incredible creative things. And I think sometimes we've got to remember. 
the camera is just a tool to create art with. Exactly. And the, it's that final product, which is the important mm. thing. There's always going to be a new gizmo or, or whatever coming yeah. out. There's always going to be a new camera with a new feature. And that's fabulous. And, I, you know, I, I love it. Um, but ultimately, um, it comes down to the work we produce. That's what we've got mm. to focus on. So understand the technology, sure, but don't, don't let it rule the art you're creating. The, the, mm. the artist is always the most important part of that equation. Yeah. Um, and our outlook on the world, our, our, the way we look at it is, is the thing that's important. That's, that's what I think um, we should all be striving for mm. as artists. I actually had a, um, a previous podcast guest, um, Michelle Weston. He's a scanographer. So he takes, he makes images using a scanner. It, they're incredible. They're so wow. interesting. But he, um, he mm-hmm. said, we asked him what his definition of a photographer was, and his answer was, a photographer is an eye, which I love. Yeah. And it's you so, it's so it in is. line that's- with what you're saying. Yeah. Because that's the thing is, I can, I can teach, when, if I'm teaching workshops or whatever, I, you know, the, 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 the laws of physics are never going to change. Mm. Um, so, so um, you know, I, I, can, uh, I can teach the, 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 the technical side of it. What I can't teach is the eye. Yeah. Um, and I get asked all the time, I get people, you know, saying, okay, why did you change the angle there? Mm. And the answer is, I don't know. I just did. Yeah. That's, that's the artist part. You yeah. Know? Why, um, why is it that, that, um, you know, so, something that frustrates me is when, um, when people, I, I posted a photograph on social media and somebody, a comment, there was a comment somebody posted. And I don't, yeah. I don't usually rise to them. But but it really it really irked me, and it, it's oh Paul, you're so lucky. You're always in the right place at the right time. Oh wow! And I, I was thinking, what are you talking about? I, <laughs> I dragged myself out of bed. Yeah. Three hours before the sun even was even near rising, I hiked for a couple of hours to get yeah. to this particular position. Then I found that it was it was at, at the sea. I found that the position would be better in the sea. It, the angle yeah. was right. So I waded out so, so I'm waist deep in in this in water mm-hmm. after trekking for a couple of hours, after getting up hours before the with sun your rises. camera. Then the sun starts with the camera. Yeah. Then I wait for an hour or something until the light is just right and then I capture the photograph. What are you talking about? Being in the right <laughs> place at the right time. And oh my gosh. That's not luck. That's 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 hard work. Mm, exactly. And I think that that's that's the thing is we create the art. Mm. We've got to have that, that, that vision. Um, and, and I think that um, it, it's, it's something which, um, which is greatly underestimated. Yeah, when, I'm really on, when I'm on location, I'm on assignment. If there is light, I'm out shooting. Yeah. Um, I shoot exclusively with natural light. And mm. so, I, so if I'm going to go to the other side of the world, you know, I'm I'm not going to sit at home in the hotel and watch a movie because I'm tired. I'm going to I'm going to make use of it. And that's yeah. tricky in places like Iceland say where there's only about 2 hours of darkness a night yeah. in the summertime. Um so I'm going to make use of the time. Um it's it's but it's the artist in it that drives us. Mm. That's that's the thing that makes us want to to do that. Exactly. Um, so so I I I think it's it's um I think that that combination of Art and photography is something which fascinates me in the way that we can we can capture these moments. That's something which which is what what drives me. Yeah. Um, and and you know, as I said, I'm 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 um, something that it's it's it, I'm very much driven by this idea of legacy. Yeah. Um, 
I, I once I keep I'm always striving for that photograph that somebody's going to find a hundred years from now. Mm. Um, and what I think about is is if I'm in a place or whatever, um, I'm not going to. Every moment that I'm sitting in in a hotel room or something, I'm thinking, what if I could have captured that that photograph right now and I yeah. haven't. And I, I, I'm here instead. Um, so that's that's something which, which drives me on. Mm. Yeah, I just I want I wanted to say thank you for for sharing your story with us and your experiences, and um, yeah, for digitally. You're very welcome. Thank sitting you. with thank me. Thank you for listening to me. <laughs> um, no, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You're welcome.